Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Runners Only with Dom Harvey. On this episode, Kendra Coxedge. I just think it's so special that we've just inspired this whole, um, the whole country and the whole nation and the whole world really and the amount of people that are popping up and, and um, that are you know, getting photos in the supermarket and you know, a lady came up to me yesterday in the supermarket and she just started crying. And she was just wow. so impressed around how much we have inspired her and her, her, her daughter. And I'm just like, like, do you want a hug? Like, you know, she's just crying. And then I, I just don't think it really – like, I really hope that the girls realise what we've just done. And I probably still don't really realise what we've just done. Kendra is a New Zealand rugby legend. She played her very last game ever in November 2022, the World Cup final, no less, which she won. That win put the bow on what has been a mind-blowing career. 15 years in the New Zealand Black Ferns. 2015 World Player of the Year, and in 2018, the first woman to ever win the Player of the Year at the New Zealand Rugby Awards. When I caught up with Kendra, I offered her transport to my place for the podcast. She declined and said she could make her own way there. Then she turned up on a lime scooter. <laughs> I'm not sure why I found that so amusing, but I think it says a lot about her. She's, um, she's just a good, solid, hearty Kiwi chick. You can take the girl out of Taranaki, but you can't take the Taranaki out of the girl. All right, let's get into it. Kendra Coxedge, the good, the bad, and the rugby. Oh, and the running. Hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. This is Runners Only. Yeah, let's get it started. Hey, this is Runners Only with Dom Harley. Fast paced, slow and steady, anywhere you coming. Just want to connect for everyone who loves running. Hey, Runners Only with Dom Harley. Runners Only with Dom Harvey and Kendra Coxedge. G'day. How's it going? Oh, so good. Thank you for coming over for a chat today. really appreciate it. Oh, that's no problem at all. The absolute goat of women's rugby in, well, I was going to say New Zealand, but in the world, really, aren't you? Oh, I'm not sure about that. Oh, I, <laughs> Should we do an embarrassing intro where I run through some stats? Uh, 15 years in the Black Ferns, also a bloody good cricketer. Yep. Yeah, make sure you hit me up if I get anything wrong here. Uh, 2015 World Player of the Year. Yep. Player of the Year at the 2018 New Zealand Rugby Awards. Yep. And that was men and women, yep. and you're the first woman to ever win that award. Record holder for the most tests, the most consecutive tests, and the most points for the Black Ferns. And every single scoring record imaginable for Canterbury. <laughs> you know a lot more than what well, I know. <laughs> most, this is what you got for Canterbury. Most points overall, most tries overall, most points in a season, most tries in a season, most conversions in a season, most drop goals in a season, most points in a match, most tries in a match, most conversions in a match, most penalties in a match. Oh. I'm exhausted just reading it, Kendra Coxedge. <laughs> oh, I didn't even realise you've obviously done some good research there. Yeah. Now, um, the podcast is called Runners Only, so before we get into it, we should tick that box off. What is your relationship like with running? Um, do you do it for fun at all? Yeah, I do. I used to I used to not enjoy running. Um, and then as I kind of got on with my rugby career, because obviously we just did all our running, like conditioning-based intervals on a field. Um, but then now I just love going for like a 5, 6K run. Um, it's just such a good way to, to clear your head, chuck some music on or a podcast. And, and just I've just really fallen in love with it. And now I don't have to run on a rugby field all the time. Now I'm retired. I'll probably get into it a little bit more. 
Yeah, that's amazing. You, you mentioned that on the way in that um, you tend to listen to music when you run, and uh, your friends have been trying to get you into podcasts. What do you What do you normally listen to? What do you, What's your music of choice? Um, I just have uh, a real range. Um, you know, I listen to a bit of Tina Turner, and then there's like a bit of Eminem, bit of Shapeshifter, Six Sixty. You know, so it's a big, big variety. Um, but I. Yeah, when I walk, it's obviously a bit slow, but I always find it quite hard to find a good running, you know, good running songs. It's important to have that. But um, I've also found um, running without music too. Um, I've kind of, I really enjoy doing that and just soaking up the environment that you're in. Um, and listening just, to your breathing yeah, and your body. Yeah, listening to your breathing and your body, yeah, yeah all that. Yeah. So it's, um, no, I really enjoy doing that too. Yeah. And how how is the body? Are you like are you going to have ongoing injury concerns, or are you are you in pretty good nick? Yeah, no, I'm in, I'm in pretty good nick. Um, my, my, um, you know, touch wood. Uh, the body's handled, you know, the last thirty consecutive years of playing rugby pretty well. Um, I've, I broke a finger and had a couple of rolled ankles and a couple of concussions over those years, but that's that's all pretty much. And you know, like I'm still reasonably young. Um, hopefully the knees and that hold out a little bit longer, but there's no yeah no issues at the moment. Well, if the, the knees are fine now, then I'm get, I mean you finish your playing career so I'm guessing you're good yeah well I'm hoping that too yeah. <laughs> don't want to be 75 years old and can't walk yeah yeah so you're reasonably young how, how young are you I'm 34 were you were you tempted to I mean you could have kept going right for another year another four years perhaps yeah I mean and that was the question I had to think about when I was announcing my retirement but um I just wanted to like just 16 years in the Black Ferns and it's, it's a long time and it's, it's, you know, it's full on mentally and, and physically as well. And my body could have done longer, but mentally I, I just got to a point where it's just, you know, an opportunity for these young ones to come through and I was just ready to step down and I wanted to step down on top of my game um, as well. I didn't want to be, you know, unfortunate player that gets, gets dropped and then you have to announce your, your retirement. So I just wanted to be on the top of my game and to win a World Cup at home uh, was a pretty good way to go out. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's, not many in this line of work, I guess, that get to leave on their own terms. And um, <laughs> like a complete, like just just a bow on what has been an amazing career. I mean, there was no way of there was no way of knowing that. Like England are really good, right? So you guys on paper should have lost. Yeah, I mean yeah. they had thirty they had thirty consecutive wins. Um, yeah. You know they they smashed us basically on India tour last year, and um, you know we we had our struggles uh, early on this year with with the side, and you know we made heaps of changes and having Smithy and a good coaching group come on and we, all of a sudden we're just this complete different side um, but even going to the World Cup we were underdogs um, and it's actually a safe place to, to be to be honest yeah, Why? Because you go under the radar a bit? Yeah you go under the radar and everything was focused around England and what they had you know and all their, their winning streak and, and obviously the French as well who are a very talented side and then um, for us it was just yeah World Cup at home but you know, you kind of always have to keep an eye on that team that's got a World Cup at home. But because we've been so successful in the past, um, you know, you've, we've always got a target on our backs and, and the black jersey and the, the All Blacks are the same as well. Like every team gets up for you. Um, but, yeah, as we kind of went through and we won that semi-final, um, you yeah. know, I was like, all right, that gave the whole group a lot more confidence um, that we could win win the World Cup. Yeah, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely did. Even myself, like, you'd be able to tell. I mean, I... I jumped very high off the ground. There's a photo floating around. Um, but, like, I was just so pumped to win that game. You know, unfortunately, it was a, a kick that, you know, that poor girl that missed the kick. But, um, you know, you got to take that. And then from there, I was just like, here we, here we go. We're going to a World Cup final at home. Yeah, so so that semi-final, that was against France. Um, at the time of recording this podcast, it was like a few weekends ago. Yeah, right on full-time, the um, the French uh, kicker, she, she missed a kick. It was kind of a choke, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and, uh, and she's one of the best goal kickers in the world. Yeah. And, and for me, like that's that's unfortunately what what pressure does to you, right? And you know, like especially like being at a at a home World Cup for us and overseas, they don't necessarily make a lot of noise when someone's kicking that goal. And I'm not sure if she's experienced that before, but the crowd was going absolutely wild, um, and they were going crazy out there. And then you know, I think she even might have rushed her her process a bit quicker as well. But it's just amazing what what pressure does to you. And I was a little bit not I wasn't sure because I knew she was a great goal kicker. But but she wasn't real comfortable. Um, I think she was even out of her range as well, her kicking range. So uh, there was a part of me that was like, oh, yeah, this is this is going to be a tough one here, but she's also very good. So Ooh. in my mind, there's a lot going on. Um, and as you can imagine, I'm already thinking about, like, what, what happens next, you know? Like, if she gets it, do we have time for a kickoff? I actually went... Went to Sarah and said, "Hey, like if if she gets this, we need a kick off, and you need to get up and get it back." Obviously, being a sevens player, um, they're great at getting off the ground mm-hmm. here. And Stacey Fluler and stuff. So um, I was kind of already going through that process, and then I looked up at the post. And then next minute, she's she's missed it, and then I was like, "Oh shit, better get over there and and, and support Kennedy and, and slow it down and, and kick it out." Amazing. Now the, the the reason I wanted to like bring that kick up and focus on that a bit is um, you found yourself in a similar situation a long time ago, two thousand and eight. Uh, the NPC final for Canterbury, you missed um, like a kick that would have won the championship straight in front of the posts, right on full time. So there's sort of like parallels in a way, I guess, between the French girl and you. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, like NPC final, it's a big deal, but it's not World Cup. How long does it take you to get over something like that? Yeah, well, thanks for bringing that up again, Doc. Nah. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought with, with the achievements that you've had yeah. since then and recently, I thought you'd be fine with it. No, I'm totally fine <laughs> with it. Um, I've learned a lot from that, and I know that, that um, Caroline Joanne, she'll learn a lot from it too. And yeah. for me, like, I was, you know, was my second year in the Farah Palmer Cup, I wasn't hugely a kicker. I just kind of did it through school and then all of a sudden adopted it. And um, I hadn't dealt with, uh, I guess, process around goal kicking, um, pressure with goal kicking. And, yeah, there was... Was one just to, just to the left of the to the post and um, yeah I just absolutely sh- like shanked it um, sliced it to the left and and missed it and like and I think the toughest thing is is that Canterbury had been in so many finals in the over the years for Farah Farmer Cup and we had never never won one um, so it was absolutely gutting um, to miss that kick and being the young one in the team right like I'd only been my second year in the side so um, it took me a while to get over it but what's a while uh, probably two years. It's so years. It's funny. It's funny. No, you're like you're laughing at that because you think that's. I I had um, Jimmy Nisham on. He said he still thinks about that um, that game that they lost against England most days. Yeah. Yeah, so two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of at the end of the day, like it's it's a game, right? And it's, it's there's there's other things that go on in life. But I think you know, as I said, I've learned a lot from that, and I've worked on my process. And I don't know how many times I've I've won games from goal kicking between now and and, and between then and now. Sorry, and um, you know, I think it's probably maybe better every kicking session I do, I start from that spot. So no matter what, if it's a um, captain's run or a warm up before the game. I always start at the spot where I miss that kick, and that's kind of how consciously. Me. Yeah, just always do it. Yeah, and sit up there and go because that's the one that I need. That's the one I need to nail, right? Because that's the one that that threw me back. Into oh, the come on. So you say you thought about it for two years. It seems like in the back <laughs> of your mind you are still sort of thinking about it yeah, now. Yeah, it's quite funny actually because when we had um, Dan Carter and <laughs> do a cooking session with us recently, he his bogey spots the same spot. Um, you know, so he's pretty similar around there. He shanked a couple. I'm from that same position, so 
It's an ugly spot, that one, out in front. I'm a huge fan of um, failing because I feel like you learn so much more yeah. from your fails in life than from your successes. Yeah, would you agree with that? 100%. So yeah. in hi- I mean, yeah. your career is so, so good. So in, in hindsight, yeah. uh, that was probably not a bad, the worst thing to happen no, at that age. No, and it's not. You're right. And it's, you know, that's, there's nothing wrong with failure in that sense. And it's just how you pick yourself up and, mm. and move forward with it. And I found my ways. And, and then now I look back and that's just such a small, small part of my, of my playing blip. career. And, and now we're, what, we've won five Farah Palmer Cup titles. Mm. Um, I feel sorry for the ones that were in the team then and didn't win a title. But, um, yeah, for sure, it's, um, I've won a, won a lot in that space mm. now, which is really cool. Yeah, I, I don't want to dwell on that too much because it, it, <laughs> it was a fucking long time ago. But so, so you miss a kick like that, so your team loses. Um, you go back into the, the dressing room. Does everyone – you're obviously devastated. Does everyone sort of rally around you, or can you feel the the tension of some of the players? Or yeah, you, you do. The... You do feel a bit of tension from the players. Majority of them are really good, I think, um, as well. Because we actually had, so I went to kicker, and when I missed it, they still they sort of we still had to play, um, and then um, we managed to just about score as well. And the last one girl got tackled out just before mm. full time, so there was still an opportunity there. It wasn't like it was bang on full time um but yeah you do you carry it you carry it a lot and you know a lot of people say that it shouldn't come down to down to the kicker um, you know a game shot in it and um some of the girls were you know were I could feel the tension um but others were and majority of them were pretty good you know give me a hug and say it's it's, you know it's okay don't don't worry about just being you know being so young um you know it's what 18 and 8 or 19 years old um it's a lot of responsibility yeah carried the whole yeah felt like I carried the whole province (laughs) today on my shoulders yeah oh well it worked out okay (laughs) yeah it did (laughs) oh before we get any further um Sarah had a uh, your teammate and your friend. I was hanging out with her the other day, doing some training with her. She gave me a few things to bring up with you. Oh gosh! First of all, I need to ask you about your shoe size. <laughs> What's the? I was wondering what kind of gossip she might have been giving you. No, I love um, <laughs> Sarah Hidani. She's one epic human. Um, you know, everyone loves her. She's fantastic. She's got great leadership, and she's just an awesome friend and a good person. Um, I've got very small feet. Um, I'm size. I'm a woman's six, but it's a men's four and a half. So I, oh, that is small. Yeah, I had to get my boots, my rugby boots, custom made for me because I originally I was wearing kids, kids boots um, because there was nothing else <laughs> for me. But um, thanks to to Adidas, um, now yeah, custom custom made boots. So over the years, I had to kind of keep keep them, you know, because I never know when it's going to kind of end. If I go into coaching and stuff or whatnot, I'm still going to need some boots. So um, amazing, can I yeah. Oh, they don't look, they don't look ridiculously big. small. Nah, it's a, yeah. woman's, it's a woman's six, so it's not too big. <laughs> it's just when I've got my boots on, they look, because obviously the boots are probably, you want them a bit more tighter fit, so. Sarah, she, she also gave me a couple of nicknames to bring up, and um, what, I actually feel a little bit awkward about both of them. <laughs> one of them, one of them I reckon I can probably work out, even though it seems kind of mean, the other one, it seems really inappropriate. <laughs> Do you want to guess what? Well, guess one's going to be Minge. Yeah, mint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one's mint, and everyone thinks it's real juicy, but it's it's not. It's just back in 2008, I was in Australia, and we we're over there for black ferns, and Kala Huepa was my roommate. And, um, you know, back then you got a phone and you had to change your SIM card. You know, you had to put a SIM card in it like mm. when you got to a different country. Yeah, like a local SIM, yeah, because yeah. the, um, yeah, the data roaming was yeah. so expensive. Yeah, so I chucked another SIM, and then I had to ring Vodafone Australia, and um, and I just had it on speaker because, you know, you they take forever sometimes to answer mm. the phone. And then um, they answered, and they were like, oh, I was just saying, you know, how you wanted to activate the, the SIM card. And then they asked me, what, you know, what my name was, and I was like, oh, Kendra. And they're like, how do you spell that? And I was like, oh, K-E-N-D-R. And they're like, oh, what? So M-I-N-G-E. And I had it on speaker. <laughs> I had it on speaker, and then my roommate... <laughs> My roommate Carla, whoever heard it, and we just lost it. 
and that's how I got the nickname. Because you're from, um, I don't know if this is like a, a, a regional thing or a provincial thing, but I'm, I'm from Palmerston North and a minge was like a vagina. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. So when okay, so it to me, it's like, uh, like sometimes even Smithy at one stage, he didn't even realise, he called it, he called me minge. So this is Wayne recently. Smith, the, uh, yeah, the coach. <laughs> the of goat, the, the yeah. professor. Um, but I, a lot of people call it, and now it's just it's just a big joke. And there's, you know, it kind of dies away, but then it comes back in again, depending on who's around and in, in, in the environment. But um, yeah, it's 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 funny. It's just funny when coaches start calling it like, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> and the what the other nickname? Any idea what that would have been? The, this one, this one. I f- I feel mean bringing this up. Well, I'm interested to know what it is. Unless it's Alma. Yeah. Yeah. So that was Elmo. Is, and when she sent that through, I thought, why would she be called Elmo? Your, your voice is a little Elmo. Yeah, that's it. So when apparently when I laugh um, a lot, you know, when I'm cracking up laughing, I I sound like Elmo, and that's what it that came from. A, <laughs> that, that came from a teammate. What 2007? I think for Canterbury. Yeah. Wow. And then just because I was like, and after rugby, I'd be like red and. Um, you know, well, a redhead, yeah, yeah <laughs> all that stuff. So um, that kind of stuck. But then that one's kind of actually that one's died out Has in it? the environment. Yeah. It's yeah. just neither Kendra or um, sometimes people call me Kendra, and I find that so weird now. What like, Kendra? Yeah, my, my Kendra, my name. Like you know, it seems mm. kind of weird um, when something you called by your first name. It's like you know, you know, is that mum? Like even my <laughs> Am mom, I in trouble? even my mum doesn't even call me that. But um, what does your mum call you? She just calls me Kenj. Kenj, yeah. yeah. No, she doesn't call me Minge. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, okay, so how have the last two weeks looked? Like, we're, we're recording this, and I think it's like a, maybe 11 days, 12 days since you won the Rugby World Cup at Eden Park. That massive, massive game, right on, just like the semi final, right on full time you beat England. How, what's been happening since then? It's, it's been awesome. It's been, it's been incredible, actually. Like, uh, my phone's been running hot. Um, I've been doing a, a lot of media, and I just, I just want to ride the wave while we can and, and get women's sport and women's rugby out there. And, um, there's been a lot of drinking, to be honest. I um, I didn't I put I only gave myself like three drinking passes the whole year because I just wanted to put all my eggs in one basket to win this you know win World Cup and well to make the team to start with. And then now I've gone and drank just for every day since we won. Um, just out with mates having a wine. I went out for dinner the other night and um, there were six of us and you know I had two um, two lovely couples um, send a, uh, two bottles of bubbles to the table you know and like it's just people were just absolutely fizzing over it and, and so excited and then even just on my way here um, from the airport you know the, the cab driver was um, he was so excited to have me in his cab you know he's he's from he's from Egypt and I just think it's so special that we've just inspired this whole um, the whole country and the whole nation and the whole world really and the amount of people that are popping up and and um, that are you know getting photos in the supermarket and you know a lady came up to me yesterday in the supermarket and she just started crying and she was just wow. so impressed around how much we have inspired her and her her, her daughter and I'm just like oh, do you want a hug like you know she's just crying and then I, I just don't think it really like I really hope that the girls realise what we've just done and I probably still don't really realise what we've just done. Yeah, because I guess, um, yeah, I was thinking about you the other day. So you, you've been in four World Cup campaigns. So what year was the first one? Uh, 2010. 2010. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't even remember that at yeah. all. Actually, I don't remember the the three before this one. Yeah. And I'm guessing, like, from a player's perspective, like, can you feel or notice, like, a difference in all four campaigns in yeah. terms of, 
like awareness or the snowball effect, I guess. Yeah, yeah, like a t- twenty ten one. You know, like even just rugby was wasn't women's rugby wasn't even really a thing still. Like it's bizarre, but um, you know when we won that and, and it was in England, we came back and there wasn't a lot um, from media. We didn't have a lot of media interest or anything, or even our resourcing within the team. And then twenty fourteen is funny enough. We actually didn't go very well. We lost to Ireland in the pool play, um, so we didn't even get near the final. And then all of a sudden the media jumped on that because we had lost. Um, and then 2017 was massive, so that was in Ireland, and that's we came back, and there was a lot of media on that. But there's nothing like this one. Um, being at home in New Zealand, um, I think there's actually a photo like, um, floating around somewhere of our very first media conference the start of this year, and there was one microphone on the table at the conference. And then myself and Ruby Tui did the last one, um, the Thursday leading into the final, and there was like. I'd say like 16 to 20 um, phones and, and microphones yeah. at the media conference. So the fact that the media is getting in behind it and everyone knows about it and everyone's telling the stories of these wonderful, my wonderful teammates, you know, they're all fantastic people and you actually get to know them for who they are and there's no, they're straight up, there's no mm. there's no hiding behind a wall of or anything, you know, the girls are, are genuine um, and that's what I love about them and that's what's probably kept me going back year on year. You could have another World Cup in you, but it feels like you're... Li- I mean, I suppose everyone's goal is to leave the jersey or leave the team or leave the environment in a better position than what you found it. And, God, you've definitely done that, haven't you? Yeah, and, and the growth that you've seen in that time. Yeah, the growth I've seen has been huge. And, you know, it's honestly, it's been it's been incredible from when I first made it. And we got leftover men's clothes, under you know, the under-20 men's team. We got, Did you? Yeah, leftover stuff. We didn't stay at a very nice accommodation. We had two tests a year. Generally against Australia. They would have been flying your business class, though, like the guys. No way. No, you're, you're less than economy. You're right at the back. Um, and then, yeah, and then now it's like, you know, we're, we've got so much resu- Like We had probably a, a, two coaches, a manager and a physio back then, and mm. now we've got like 18 management that mm. support us. And um, there's obviously a lot of resource and funding within, you know, in the high-performance hubs and that around the country and it's just like it's honestly it's been incredible and I'm so lucky that I've got to experience the mm. amateur uh, into the professional mm. and I got to have a year of being a full-time rugby player yeah it would have been nice to have it longer but you know can't play forever well I mean geez you probably could <laughs> so back at the time so we, when you're wearing like the you know, the, the hand-me-down men's clothes and you know you're staying in shitty accommodation and stuff are you are you like angry at the time or bitter at the time about the lack of respect or no, I think it would just wouldn't through that, that time you just you, you didn't really know any any different. I think is probably back then. Um, you kind of just did, and you're just happy and grateful to be playing for your, your country. And um, and then as the years kind of got on, and you know you're looking at the, the 2014 World Cup, and you know there's getting a little bit more support, but it's still really slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, there's probably times where you just go a little bit like, oh man, it'd be awesome if we got that, like the guys, or you know, <laughs> you kind of compare Imagine yourself, if we had but... brand new clothes. <laughs> You know, but um, it's, yeah, like the support's definitely is growing in that space, but it's just been very slow. Um, but now it's the last few years, it's just absolutely taken off, and it's yeah. probably been a big part of why we've actually been successful. But I still feel we've got a long way to go. Yeah, oh, absolutely. There, yeah, there is a long way to go. One thing that I thought about it's, um, and this was evident by watching people's Instagram and TikToks and stuff like that. You guys seem to have a lot of fun. And I saw an interview with um, the professor Wayne Smith as well, and he, he said the the dip, one of the main differences between the guys and the girls is just how much fun you're having, and you're always singing and you're laughing. And um, Sarah said to me the other day at the match, she said, um. Someone like dropped a ball at training, and all the girls started laughing. And <laughs> <laughs> that happens lots. <laughs> One thing, um, I'm, I'm just hoping that that won't change. 
you know what I mean? Because uh, like, if, say, say we saw the All Blacks training during the week last week, and then they they had a twenty five all draw against England. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the public would be like, "Oh, that's because they were having too much fun during yeah. the week." Yeah, is that a fear for the women? Like, you, yeah. you get so much exposure, so much popularity that you have to stop your natural game and your well, natural. It's real interesting you say that. There's such a fine line, but like this team, like in women's rugby, is known for that. You know, like our Canterbury team's the same. Like we're we're listening to the greatest showman. This is me before we're about to go out and play <laughs> a, a fire pumper cup final. You know, and the girls are singing and dancing, and like if they weren't and if they were serious, I'd be going, "Oh my god, guys, what's wrong?" But um, you know, it's, it's, it took Smithy, Chrono, and, and Ted a while to to adjust to that. Um, like Chrono, and they hated the music on the bus. Who's, who's Chrono? Mike Cron. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah. He came, obviously came across on the All Blacks, and they used to a silent bus on the way to the game. And um, there's obviously a lot of music getting played, and he was. They were just like, "What the heck? Like we need to cut them." We're like, "No, the girls love it. It's all about it. That's what it's about." Um, but I don't. I don't think it, there needs to change. I think. India tour though, when we were losing, there was a bit of criticism around we're doing too many TikToks and and too much you know social media. But then all of a sudden you start winning and no one obviously brings it up. But I just hope that that never changes because that's the difference between the women's game and the men's game. Yeah, and you don't, and you don't want the fun or the enjoyment sucked out of it. No, and that's why can... that's why you play the game, right? And that's what I reflected on. Like I've probably got too serious for a few years in there around everything myself, and then this year I knew it was going to be my last, so I just wanted to make sure I'm enjoying every every moment. And then you know your performance actually starts coming back when you're just actually there to perform. And I do. There is probably a little bit of concern that as the more professional it gets, that that will that will change. But I, I really hope it. I really hope it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm just sitting here in your, in your presence, and it's like it's just the impact that you, you guys have had on New Zealand this year. It's been a game, game changer, and I'm yeah. I'm so pleased that you got to see this before your career ended. Yeah, and I think you deserve it. I think that's what's real special is, is I did get to experience that, and you know, a lot of people are like, oh, did you get to experience the crowd? And I said, yeah. When we walked out, like when you're doing the anthem, when you walk out. Yeah, that's your time. You've got time between that and the haka before kickoff to actually soak that in. And I'm, I'm just sitting there and looking at the crowd, just going, "Oh my gosh! Like this is really happening." You know, I never thought that in my career that would have a sellout crowd at Eden Park. So to to have that already, it was oh my honestly, it was it was incredible. There's no really words that that can describe it because it was just something that I never thought would would happen in my career. I knew I would get there and have potential, but um, even the fans were fantastic. Like. Smithy said that he had never, the amount of times he's obviously been at Eden Park with the All Blacks, he's never been in a crowd that was chanting like they were, you know, like they were like, black ferns, black ferns. He's like, he's never heard that before and that blew him away and I'm just going, whoa, like, you know, like to be able to, we're making a break in a game where I can't even hear what my teens, you know, mm. what she's wanting the direction from because it's so loud. But holy heck, it was pretty special. I feel like the crowd was sort of feeding off the energy of you guys. Yeah, I think I there's know. probably an element of that. We yeah. talk a lot, like I've been to multiple All Blacks games and, you know, it's so almost like so serious on the game, <laughs> yeah. um, you know. But for us, it's, you know, everyone probably found the, felt the energy from us and what we're you know, what we're like on the social media mm. and social content and that, and that's probably where they're feeding from. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, you, you've got a TikTok account, and um, one, of your, one of your most viewed ones, your parents in the grandstand, and um, you got a friend of yours to sort of stealthily film them as you were leading the haka, and they they had no idea that you were about to lead the haka. <laughs> Yeah. That's um. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. It looks yeah. like it looks like you, 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 your dad looks stunned. It looks like he's about to cry. Even yeah. though he doesn't look like a particularly emotional sort of guy. No, he's not. And there's not. And it's actually, yeah, it's actually not to be a dick. But it's got oh, yeah over a million. Got, it went, wow. It went crazy. Um, and that's just yeah, one of my friends. I so when I got asked to, to lead the haka by Adihiana and Rohe Demont, um, I was like, what? 
like, really, like, I was blown away and I was like, I'm only going to do it if I can do it well. So I practiced all week. I was, you know, I was doing it in the shower. I was doing it, in, you know, in front of the mirror, you know, throughout the week. And, and then I was like, I'm not actually going to tell anyone about this. I asked a couple of my mates um, down in Christchurch about, like, what are you thinking if I, you know, if I if I do this, like, you know, should I do it? And I knew then it was going to be my last game in the black jersey in Christchurch because I knew I was about to announce my retirement. So... Um, as I just kept it a surprise for my family and then just, yeah, absolutely went out and just and owned it. And, yeah, Dad's not a huge emotional guy. I mean, he's probably a bit more than others. He's got five, you know, he's got his wife and then four daughters, so he's <laughs> a bit softer than others. But, um, yeah, they were absolutely blown away. Um, and it was, yeah, it meant a lot to, to, me, and my, to me and my family to, to finish in Christchurch like that. Was it hard to keep it a secret? Uh, not really. I kind of just focused on the on the rugby side of things mm. throughout the week, and I'm pretty good at, at keeping secrets. So, um, yeah, no, it wasn't at all. Um, when, when did you have the idea to film it? That was a great. That, was, idea. that was good thinking. Yeah, that was game day. Actually, I um, just messaged my friend, and I wasn't sure because they her seats were you know their seats were different to my where my mum and dad were, and I was I'm not sure how this is going to work. But thank God it wasn't like a sold out crowd, <laughs> so then you could kind of move around a yeah, bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, I see um, one of my friends yeah messaged mum and dad and asked where they were sitting, and then just captured captured the moment. So mm. I'll probably cherish that one forever. Yeah, where do your parents live? Are they still in Taranaki? Yeah, they're in Naki. All my family's still in the Naki. Yeah, where, whereabouts in uh, the Naki are you from? Uh, I'm from down the coast, down Okato. Um right. I grew up I grew up there, went to school there and um and it's funny enough my, my twin sister's actually back living there now with her husband and kids, which is quite funny. So it's good to to venture out there and go down to my old local rugby club that I played for and mm. um but yeah my parents are in, in New Plymouth in New Plymouth now and, and so is, and you know my sisters one of them's in Inglewood and one of them's in New Plymouth, and then the other one's um, yeah down in Orcuttle. Right, yeah. So yeah, you're a, you're a twin. Is, it, um, is she an identical twin? Or nah, no, we're actually it's quite funny. We're actually very different. Um, you know, all through school, it was always nice. Like your first day of you know school to have, you know primary school, high school. Yeah, you know you always had a buddy, but it lasted like you know thirty seconds. You get to school, but like, okay, I'm going to right <laughs> now. <laughs> Don't need you anymore. Um, you know, so we both just ventured off in our own ways, and we both. I mean, we both obviously the. Love sport, the whole family loves sport. Um, but we had a whole different group of school friends, and um, yeah, we're quite we're quite different. But everyone says we're we're alike. But I guess you are alike, like your siblings. and yeah, Others yeah. see it more than what you do. So you you don't have um, that sort of twin thing where like if you feel pain, she feels pain. No, we used to finish each, finish each other's sentences. Sandwiches. Sentences. Yeah, just <laughs> nice. Um, you know, really like, or, or we'd get home from school, be all, we'd go to tell uh, mum or dad the same, like the same story at school that day. Like, would have that kind of thing. But I, yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't really gone through the feel of pain. If you know, like, I haven't really pinpointed that. And probably like lucky, lucky for her, you're the rugby player who's yeah. getting tackled and injured all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even when she was having going through pregnancy and you know and having a baby, I was like, I wonder if there'll be anything. About it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was trying to think about it, you know. Oh, yeah, maybe nah. But nah, it's nah, just more just finishing each other's sentences or wanting to tell the same story. Mm. And you, you took her as um as a date to one of those award ceremonies we talked about. What was that? Was that the um the Calvin R. Tremaine? That was 20, 2018. What, what was that for? So that's for the New Zealand uh, Player of the Year. Yeah, so you were the first, yeah, the first, first woman to win that. So who, yeah. are you, who were you up against? I was up. There's Richie Moonga, Sam Whitelock, and maybe it was Cody Taylor. No, so, you, so you're sitting there. Are you thinking you're a, you're a 25% chance? or I'm thinking there's no way now I'm going to win it. 
Really? Um, Why did you think that? Just because oh, it never happened before? Oh, yeah, it's never happened before. And just, you know, like obviously there's been times in, you know, even 2010 when we, we won the World Cup, we never won the team of the year. And, you know, I wasn't quite sure. You know, I was like, oh, to win up against some All Blacks is pretty pretty tough. Um, so you were, you were happy just to beat them, making yeah, numbers? Yeah, yeah. And I actually, I just won the Fiora Farmacelli medal, which is the far, like the Farah Palmer Cup player of the year and then I won New Zealand Women's Player of the Year as well and then so this was a third award and I was like well they're not going to give it to me I've already won two you know kind of thing <laughs> share, like, share the love you know. <laughs> um, and then I actually was already up on stage I remember it so clearly I was already up on stage because I had just won New Zealand Women's Player of the Year and then the next one was the the Calvin R. Tremaine so and then the guy from Sky, Hodgie from Sky, because there's usually two seats up there because I'm doing two awards at once. Um, and then so I was already up there, there was one seat and I was sitting in it and then he bought another seat and goes, oh, this is for the next winner for the next award. So, and he, he winked at me and I was just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, obviously I haven't won it, you know, because like, I'm already sitting on stage. Why would they need to put another chair there? Um, and he would have known who was going to be winning, obviously. And then, oh, so that's why the, the wink makes sense now. Yeah, the wink makes sense now, but it didn't then. You right. Know? So at the time you thought, oh, I, I, I haven't like, oh, won, yeah, but cool. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, and I was, oh yeah, that's cool. I've still had a successful night, and you know, you don't play rugby for those individual accolades, but um, uh, yeah. And then my name it went through the nomination. I was sitting on stage, and then my name got called out. And I just remember because the lights are so bright, right? Like you can't see <laughs> the crowd very well, and um, and then holy heck, my whole body just started shaking. And then like I got a standing ovation from the crowd, and then the whole time I was like telling myself, I always tell myself, don't trip over, don't trip over. Um, <laughs> then, really? Why? Yeah, well, because you don't want to be that person that trips over on stage did, or something. Have, did you have like yeah, big and heels? I had some decent sized heels on as well. And dangerous with your tiny, tiny yeah, little exactly, feet. Exactly, <laughs> as, as, as a hazard. Um, and then, yeah, I just I went up and um, Grant Robinson was presenting me with it and he he said to me, oh, make sure you hold it with two hands, it's pretty heavy, because it is, it was very heavy. Um, like what, six kilos, five kilos? No, I reckon it was more than that, because right. the part of the year ones that I've got, they're five and this yeah. one's a bit bigger, so I reckon it might have been sitting around seven. Right. Uh, seven kgs and, um, and then I just remember sitting there and I was just like shaking it just so much and then I sat down and Sumo was interviewing us and my whole bottom lip was shaking, you know, when you're, like, going to cry. And I was holding myself together, and he was trying to make me cry, and I was like, yeah, and it was yeah, it was pretty emotional. And then I got off stage, and I was still shaking, and then it just went straight into a whole room of media. Um, well, did, well, did, did Scotty Stevenson um, succeed in making no, you cry, or you managed to hold it together? He didn't succeed. I managed to hold it together. Are, um, you, are, you, are you not particularly emotional? No, I am. Yeah. I, I can be, but I, yeah, I was just, I think there was just so many emotions going on. I didn't really know. I was like, is this real? Like, there's so many things happening. Yeah, it's And incredible. I just remember shaking, and then if I cried, I would let, I wasn't fighting it or anything. Yeah. Um, and then I got a little bit emotional once I got into the media room because yeah. I think I just realised what had happened. Um, but I've been real emotional this last couple of you know the last couple of games for for the Black Ferns. Just because um, you know it's the, yeah, it's the, the end last. And and I just remember like and just being overwhelmed with everything. Like I went in, you know, after signing autographs with the crowd, and that semi final. I literally just went in and sat in my seat. And I just bawled my eyes out in the in the changing room. <laughs> Everyone's like, "You're right." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm all good." I was just so overwhelmed. Just happy tears. Yeah, and the yeah. same thing happened after the final. Because there's, yeah. a, there's a story I heard about Richie McCall. Maybe I even saw this on the Richie McCall movie, but um, after his last game uh, when they won the World Cup, apparently he didn't shower afterwards, kept his playing kit on, wore it on the bus back to the hotel because he knew that when he when he took it off, that was going to be the last time he, he took off like the all-black kit. Was it a, anything like that for you? Or? Yeah, it's pretty similar actually, and it's more because we got so busy. But um, I didn't leave... I didn't leave Eden Park. Well, I didn't go leave the field, so I didn't go into the changing room until the lights went off. 
Um, and that's because I was like, I just spent hours like signing autographs and just wanted to be involved with the crowd and just really cherish that moment. So it took me ages to to get into the changing room and it got to the point where I was like signing autographs and I couldn't see and then I was like, I feel like a bear now, I need to go celebrate with the girls. <laughs> um, and then just walked in and we were told just to keep our, our jerseys and that on because we were doing some um, photos, some photos like, yeah. and stuff in the changing rooms and um, and then I went and sat down just to soak it up for a bit, just started bawling my eyes out. Um, and then I had to do a bit of media, so I actually had to go into the media conference after. And then I came back after all that, and I literally was in because I'd given my socks and my <laughs> and my boots away, so I'm literally wearing bare feet. And I got back to the changing room, and all been cleared out, all my stuff had been packed up, and I was like, okay, looks like we're going back to the hotel. So like I wore my stuff back back to the hotel, and obviously we had a bit of. Um, Champagne and that in the changing room, so I stunk of alcohol, so I did think it was probably best to, to have a shower when I got back um, before, but there's a couple of girls that, that did shower, but they put their, their kit back on. Yeah, I just, I just had to make sure that I was cherishing those last mo- you know, moments. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Aside. When did you take a break? You took you took a break. Like yeah. was this last year? Yeah, it was. It was I mean, it's probably a brr more than a break. <laughs> um, I yeah, I went through a bit of mental fatigue, um, and just with rugby, uh, I wouldn't say I'd fallen out of love with it. But if I didn't choose to do something about it, I probably could have, and I might not have even been in the team this year. So that was uh, the start of twenty twenty one. I just didn't want to go to like Black Ferns camps. Um, I didn't really want to. I, I always wanted to train. Like, I'm, I'm such an active person. I always wanted to train, but I didn't want to do like rugby training. I just wanted to go for a run or um, do hit squad or do something that I I love doing rather than just you know running on a rugby field. And to me, a lot of people said to me it probably is amazing how it hadn't happened a little bit sooner. Like because mm. I'd played thirty consecutive years. I'd been in the Black Ferns for a long time. You know, by then I was you know I was fourteen. 13 and a half, 14 years, um, and I just was like, okay, I need to do something about it, and my body was, I was going through like a little bit of, um, like my body was, I was having massive body aches, and so I went, you know, went to the doctors and got a little bit of support around then and it came back that I, my cortisol levels were through the roof, so that's obviously just stress on yeah, stress. Yeah. Um, and that's because of, of COVID. Um, obviously, I lost my nephew on India tour as well, but that was after, but there was so many things that, because I, I was trying to work full-time as well, um, and I, I'm i not one to know it mentally until my body tells me that I'm stressed before I know I am. Um, yeah, right, so it's just your, 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 obviously you're dealing with stuff in your mind and maybe you don't realise that, yeah. but your body shuts down as a My body shuts down at the first, and I'm like, right. you know, I, I feel like everyone's like, hey, I'm like, yeah, I'm all good, like I feel good, but yeah. my body's going, you're not, and then that's when I, you know, I was like, okay, I need to take a break here, and 
if I want to, you know, play in the World Cup at home, I'm going to need to take a break. And um, so I did that. So I just took a break from um, from club footy, which was good because it's like the first part of the half of the year. So, you know, so I can enjoy summer and, and enjoy time with family and friends and then um, got back into it before the Farah Palmer Cup and then India, you know, India tour and stuff. I still went away with the Blackfans because I think I would have serious FOMO if I didn't, didn't play <laughs> that. Um, but it's, it worked wonders because then I just worked out and I went down and watched a couple of club games and uh, went and watched some little juniors play and just reminded myself why I love the game um, and and why I play it and I think that's what's hugely hugely important and you know I'm not the only one it was quite interesting there's a few others like Sophie Devine went through yeah. a patch of it um, yeah you, you, you said um, before we started that you're not much into podcasts you haven't heard the podcast that I nah nah I've got to geez. get into that yeah I've got the, the parallels between you and her, there are there are there are so many, and it sounds like she ended up at a point where you potentially would have ended up have if you didn't make the decision to have that break. Where yeah. she was just like in the net sobbing at, yeah. a, at a training, and then yeah. just tapped out for a while. Like she had a full on breakdown. Breakdown, yeah. And that's you know, and I remember talking to you know, it was Amelia Ann from the Silver Ferns. Yeah. She was going through the same. There was like three or four of us that were going through the same thing at the same time, and it was quite nice because we I was reaching, we were all reaching out to each other. And I think, yeah, for me now, I look back and I'm like, I just hope that people, if that happens to them, to to know, notice it early, and it's and that it's okay. To, to take that break because yeah I probably wouldn't have been at the at the World Cup if I if I hadn't have done that. Yeah, and what's your what's your inner voice like? Is your inner voice are you are you are you quite hard on yourself or are you quite kind to yourself? Um, I'm probably I I thrash myself in terms of like um, training. I, I can be quite hard on myself in terms of like not really bad, but like I always be careful what I'm eating because of you know it's going to impact my training or what I'm drinking. And you know, as I said to you, I don't drink much anyway, but I put a stupid drinking thing on myself this year around alcohol. But um, you know, and I just, it's, it's more for me is about putting my best foot forward in everything I do and yeah. not giving anyone an opportunity to to, to drop me or or whatever that you know whatever that looks like. So I can be pretty tough on myself in terms of training. Like I'm always constantly was at my trainers around. Am I doing enough? Like and it's crazy because I'm been in the team for 15, 16 years. And you think about my training age, you know, like everyone was telling me you, you need to button off. You don't need to be, you know, thrashing yourself constantly. And I even had a chat to, to Nuggie, to Aaron Smith at, at one stage to see what his training week looked like. And, you know, he, he was saying he doesn't smash himself, you know, doesn't put himself a, against a, you know against the wall anymore because it's just about maintaining and, and doing things right. Like I know he's a, he's a hard trainer as well. Um, but it took me a while to understand that, like less is actually better at times. Um, but in terms of my, in a, you know, that's probably I am probably a bit harder myself in terms of that sense. But, yeah, but well, I now, suppose. But in some, it's probably like a double-edged sword because in some ways it's probably made you the legend that you are. Yeah, like I think it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Like I'm I'm never too worried about like you know um, weight and all that kind of stuff too. But I think it's probably I'm so determined, and I think that's probably made me. Um, yeah, I guess the the player that I am today. Where where, where does that sort of um, like, I don't know toughness, resilience, whatever you want to call it, come from? Um, well, my mum's always used to say to me, I was, I was so determined when I first came out, <laughs> you know, like to climb on things, to do things from a little age. Um, but I think for me, it's, you know, I grew up playing rugby with boys and I had a lot of people say I couldn't do that and I couldn't play with the boys and, and mum and dad have always guided me and, and, and my sisters have always been really supportive in that space. And I've always had a mindset of, um, like, don't worry about what others think and what others say. Um, you want to, you're going to do this. You're going to play this game because you you love it. And so I think that's 
um, there's probably, you know, there's definitely two two major things in my career that have helped. I, I really wanted, because I played a bit of sevens as well, and I wanted to go to the Olympics. Like, I really wanted mm. to go to Rio back then, and um, I worked hard, and then I didn't get a contract leading into that, and which meant that basically I'm not going to make the make the side. And, you know, so I fell back on, on the 15s game, but, you know, I look back now, and I'm like, if that never happened, I probably wouldn't have built the resilience that I have today yeah. from... You know, from not getting from not getting selected, there's definitely helped me where I am today, and that it's okay to go through that. Um, yeah, because I reckon it definitely made me strong. It's definitely made me a better player. It's good. It's good. Anyway. It's like we were talking before about that um, that kick that you missed in uh, when was that 2008? Yeah, things like that. That adversity. If you can, it seems fucking tough at the time. But yeah. If you can get through that stuff, it makes you a, a better and stronger person on the other end. Yeah. That's, are they are yeah. they two of the worst things you've been through? Or yeah, I've been lucky enough with with uh, touch wood with injuries and stuff, so yeah. I haven't had to battle like some of the girls. You know, like Adi Adi. Baylor, the other halfback that's coming through, you know, she's had three ACL recons and same with the real Hay Demon, our captain, mm. you know, like so that's that's a real different um, piece of resilience uh, resilience there. But um, you know, like they've you know, that that's I guess that's how you build resilience and I think you know, it's quite tough these days because some, some people just have it really sweet in a way. Like, not sweet, not to say you have to go through adversity, but um, resilience is a real worry within young ones yeah. these days. Yeah. Oh, one thing one thing I've learned, Kendra, from doing this podcast this year is that um, everyone, every single person is carrying around some shit. Yeah. It's just how yeah. big that bag of shit is. Yeah. And, um, and some people do wear a very good mask. Yeah, and I think, and like, I actually, we went and watched um, Dame Val's uh, movie the other week before we played. She actually came in and did our jersey presentation too and you know she's an absolute legend and I mm. I love it a bit and like I I think sometimes people just see her on the podium or see us on podiums winning and 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 doing what we do but there's so many struggles that people different people go through you know and watching her movie and seeing what she went through like I didn't even realize you know like I didn't realize what she had had to go through and I think it's the same for everyone you know it's not it's not easy mm. um but it, it, you know at the end of the day it's it's how you react to it and how you how you deal with it and that little inner voice inside your head to say, you know, keep going, you're doing well. Um, yeah. And that's basically what's probably helped me But um, over the years and I just think it's it makes you a, probably a better person as well. Yeah, absolutely. You, you felt, Valerie's a funny one, eh? Because every four years yeah, you see her on TV, usually winning a gold. If she doesn't win a gold, we're like, oh, what's wrong with Valerie? <laughs> yeah. um, but you don't see what, what's happening in the shadows so like uh, for that massive time in between or the hours or the struggle and the strain yeah. that goes into that. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. So it's, And that's what I mean, like people just see that, right? And, yeah. then, and it's like, man, you just don't understand the struggles of not wanting to get up early and train and how that difficult. Like it is, like high performance sport, it's tough. Um, mm. But at the same time, I've absolutely absolutely loved it. I've loved the last 16 years in the Blackburn. Yeah. Yeah, something that you said before that I want to go back to, it's um, reminded me of your, your friend Sophie Devine, who I've had on the podcast as well. She had the same thing. Growing up, there were no uh, like girls' crickets teams, so she had to play with the boys. And she said some of the boys and other teams were could be nasty about it, but she said it was like worse with the parents. Like, oh, what's this girl might get hurt? It was a similar sort of experience. <laughs> Obviously, a very different sport. Winter yeah, sport, same, contact sport. Exactly the same. Yeah, experience. really. Yeah. So, because um, I grew up in a little Okato, like we're a small community, um, you know. So all the boys, so all the, my teammates were like my brothers. You know, they had my back. I remember one time when I was younger, my hair got pulled, um, and the boys were like in there pushing this this other boy <laughs> around. You know, like. By the way, was this was this tackle rugby? Or yeah, tackle rugby. rugby. Tackle, yeah, tackle, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're at tackle age then, and um, I just remember them all coming around and like leaning over this guy being like what are you doing like don't pull her here again you know like just constantly have my back and um and then yeah it was just opposition the opposition boys some of them would be like 
I mean, you don't want to blow your own trumpet, but I got I used to get told I was quite good, um, you know, and some couldn't believe that I was, you know, it's probably more of a, a, a hate that this girl was better than them. Um, <laughs> well, you know? yeah, imagine that. Well, like, what age are we talking? Like eight, oh, nine? Oh, yeah, yeah, eight, nine years old. Yeah, yeah like being yeah. stepped by a yeah. girl and who then, goes on to score a try. Yeah, yeah. and then into, into intermediate age, that's probably the age where I really, really remember. But, mm. yeah, the boys, and then the boys always, and my team always had my back. And um, most of the boys on the opposition, it's quite funny now because I, I know, obviously, grew up, went to high school and, and, and met them a few of them once I had to play, all, you know, all-girls rugby. Um, you know, and they, they, we always have a laugh about it or um, me making the rep team over them and all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's quite a hard case. But, um, yeah, same struggles as, as Soph, but it's more, yeah, the parents at times were like, what is she doing? She can't play in this team. She, You know, she's a girl. But, um, you know, I just didn't let it stop me and mum and dad didn't let it bother them either and mm. I just continued and no one really told me that I couldn't. There was, there was one year um, I had to drop down a grade um, because... I was playing the same position as the coach's son, so obviously he didn't, he didn't probably really like that. So, but I just dropped down and played. I could have put up a fight and be like, "No, nah, I'm yeah. going to play." But I just dropped down a grade and I just played that grade, you yeah. know, knowing that it wasn't going to be for long. Yeah, did, did, so. did any of that stuff sort of hurt you at the t- at the? Like, when you look back now and you think, like from the perspective of an adult, you can look back and think that, that there was some inappropriate stuff that happened, so like borderline bullying. But at the time, did you realise that, or did you just sort of shake it off? No, and, I just used to shake it off. But yeah. then you know, we just talked about resilience. But that's what helps build resilience, right? Is is going through situations like that. And um, yeah, I probably at the time I just didn't even think anything of it. I just absolutely loved the game. Like honestly, I love rugby so much that it would like it didn't it didn't bother me. I was just like, oh, you know, whatever, and just kind of carried on. Um, and then I think the fact that I was actually half decent um, probably helped silence a bit of it as well. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the thing. As soon as um, as soon as the whistle blows, you can let your rugby do the talking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. And we always used to have some moves based around me, you know, because I think the opposition didn't expect. Oh, you were the secret weapon. There's a secret yeah, weapon yeah. on the side, and yeah. But I've had always had great coaches, like most, of, you know, just, just, just that one. But I've majority mm. of my my very first rugby coach. Um, Terry, he was, you know, I used to run around, when I was four years old, I used to run around after him, I didn't know what way to run on the field or anything, but, um, you know, like, I've just had great coaches who have been really supportive, and, and even my, you know, my high school coach, he was at the final, um, you know. And, oh, was he? Cup. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, Ken Lobb, um, that, was, that was pretty cool to have yeah. to have him have him there in the crowd for semis and finals, so it's pretty special. Now, um, you mentioned this a second ago, and I think I saw something about this on um, your Instagram, um, Geordie, your nephew. Yeah. Yeah, so what's the, what's the story with Geordie? Yes. Tell us about Geordie. Yeah, so um, my nephew, he, he passed away 20, end of 2021. Um, oh, recently? Yeah, recently. Is this yeah. when you, when you so, were on a break or had you just come back No, from... we're on India tour. Um, okay. So I just went on India, went on India tour with the Black Ferns and we're over there and, you know, he's an 18-year-old boy um, and just, yeah, tragically drowned um, back up home in the Naki and I don't know how I still played. I found out the morning of our, was it our second... Second test, oh my god, it feels like such a blur in a way, but then so vivid. Um, yeah, just before one of the games, and I still, you know, I just remember getting pulled into a room, and our coaches and management uh, manager had told me, and I was just like, I've got to play, like, there's no way I'm not going to play today, you know, Geordie, because he's rugby mad as well. Um, he would have wanted me to play, and um, you know, and then this, like, this, I mean, like, no one understands, I guess, the struggles you go through, and and then winning that semi final at at Eden Park, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to make the final after the whole year of, you know, having to, I guess, grieve mm. and, and go through that. But, um, 
that was like when that kick happened. I know Sarah was the same because obviously Sarah lost her, her mum recently too. And um, when she was lining up for a kick, I was like, please, Geordie, please make sure she misses this kick, you know. And then Sarah said she did the same with her mum, you know, because her mum passed away recently and everyone was praying that she was going to miss the kick. And then we're like, oh, my God, there's someone up there that, that yeah. helped us that day. And, you know, you kind of reflect on them, you know, and then, I, and then we won. Um, and it was a, a, a year, you know, a year since he had passed away. Um, as well on the Sunday after the World Cup final. So um, it was a, a lot of emotion. And, and that's what, I guess, for me was a part of me announcing my retirement a bit earlier is because imagine having to deal with that, with it being a year since my nephew passed away. World Cup at home, there would have been so yeah. many emotions floating around. And there was anyway. Um, but I knew, you know, I felt like he was with me the whole time. And, yeah, do you? You know, yeah, I do. And he's, you know, and like I just know that he, he loves, he, he just absolutely loved rugby and I know how proud he would be. Oh, I'm really sorry about that. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. Shit, that's a lot to process. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been pretty pretty challenging, but um, just managed. You know, that's where rugby has kind of helped, just kind of track along. So, the, so, the, so the like the day you find out when you go on to play, like immediately after getting news like that, is it one of those one things where when the game's in play, you can own you're in the moment and you're yeah. thinking about that, and then when there's a stoppage, that's when he comes into your mind. Yeah. So it was like I went into like survival mode and yeah. and you can almost feel my body in overdrive, and then. It wasn't until I got subbed. I remember getting subbed in that test and I sat down and just lost it on the bench. Um, and that's hard because I think people may have thought it was because we were, didn't play very well. We lost. And we were losing at that time, but it was literally, it was, just like, it was my only chance to really like let it out. And, um, you know, if, obviously those, those teammates are your, are your best mates, you know. So mm. it, was quite, it was really nice to be around the team and they were so good. Like, holy heck, they were an epic group and, um, and that, you know, that really helped me. Especially because... I couldn't get home for the funeral because we had MIQ oh, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and then having to come back and do seven days and that and not, you know, like that, there was some tough, tough times in there. Um, but I had so much, so much support. What, what sort of support are you talking about? Like teammates? Yeah, or just, a, yeah, teammates. Yeah. And then, yeah, mostly just teammates. And then I've got a, you know, a good mental skills coach, John Quinn, back in Christchurch, who, you know, is obviously very, very helpful. And then just the amount of support from all my friends and that and, I was just more feeling guilty because my, you know, my sister. I couldn't get home to my sister, and then because you had to do seven yeah. days, and then you had to do those three days at home. <laughs> you know, so you do. Yeah. I do, and then I was so I was in the neck and then I was like, I still can't see my sister for three more days. You know, because I had to make sure I was doing that, that isolation piece. But um, yeah, how's, yeah. Your, how's your sister in the family now? That's a it's a lot. Eh? Yeah, it's, it's a you lot. know up and down as you can imagine. Mm. Um, it's 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 never easy. Um, but um, yeah, everyone's doing okay, I guess. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. I suppose you just have to, eh? Just mm. one foot in front of the other, day by day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a lot. So the mental skills coach, what like what what do they do with you? I love yeah, Quinny's awesome. Is, he's, it, is it just like a psychologist? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's um like for me, he's around performance, so like, yeah. like in terms of. Um, performance like skills around performing and and like that's why I spoke. I remember talking to him around when I was going to have this break and I was like, this is what's there's so much going on and this is how I'm feeling. And there's probably almost a little bit of self doubt that was going on in there as well at times around, am I still good enough? Should I am I getting too old? Should I be retiring? You know and and you know like and he just reassured that my behaviours were because I had been around for a long time and and that it's okay to take a break because then I took the break and then I'm going oh my god what am I if I don't get selected you know like this so well, yeah suppose in that line of work it is a real yeah. threat that some young gun's going to come along yeah it'll be interesting having a, another conversation with with him um, I guess to 
around the patterns that I've kind of gone through. Um, but always there if I ever need to have a yarn. Caught up with them a couple of times, a couple of times during during World Cup. But just around like you know, um, big things around setting goals and, and mindset. And um, we talk about blue head, red head, and and talk about how how to get yourself in terms of what's your process to get you when you're in, get you out of the red when you're in it. Oh, so reds when you're when you're like frazzled or whatever, yeah, frazzled and blues when you when you're yeah, calm and in control. Yeah, yeah. How, what what did you do? What was your trick or technique to yeah. reset? Yeah, so I, I've worked heavily on it over the last few years, but I actually just um, I, I, I twist both of my wrists um, just like this, which is quite funny. So like if I'm frazzled, and some, or sometimes I'll just clap, and that just brings me back. Um, and I've I've pushed so many girls, and it's still something that we're probably still learning as as individuals is how important it is to have a process to get you out of out of that. And you know, a lot of people, I think, you know, Karen Reed was one that would just look um, in a distance in the stand. Some pick up grass. Um, you know, there's a lot of different, I guess, techniques people use. But mine was either, yeah, I clap, but more just kind of grabbing my wrists and just twisting them, and then being like, all right, let's, you know, let's go. And because mm. I could show, like, I probably. The last couple of years I got pretty good at it, but I used to show my frustrations quite a lot on the field. Um, so and I had to stop that because it was it wasn't necessarily at people, it was more probably at myself. Right. It was like others would see it and think it like if someone would drop the ball, I'm like, What the heck, you know? But um you just kinda learn to that they're only to human suppress as well. your yeah, yeah it's just yeah. like we were talking before when you missed that kick in two thousand and eight. How some <laughs> yeah. of the girls you, you became that girl, yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> so it was, um, oh, it's understandable. Yeah, everyone, but everyone, even the person that makes the mistake in a team sport, they, I mean, they they still want want to win as well. Yeah, they want the yeah, best exactly. Of the team. And yeah. I think yeah, I think for me too, like um, for in terms of like going throughout the week, like I have massive on preparation. Mm. So like if I've got my prep right, I know I'm going to be okay. Whereas yeah. if I'm scrambling, which hasn't happened for a very long time, um, I know that it's not going to be, it's not going to be good. So I'm very, very strict in my, in my preparation. Yeah. Oh, and it's worked well. So you, you mentioned Aaron, Aaron Smith before. Are you guys, you, you're in the same position. Yeah. So you're both halfbacks. Yeah. Um, he's probably the most successful all-black halfback, even the most capped. Yeah. Um, you guys, how long have you been friends? Yeah, so we just communicate every now and then. Yeah. He's been a massive support, and so is TJ. So it must be a halfback thing, eh? Um, you got to stick know, together, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're just in hashtag nine gang. Um, <laughs> we're, um, yeah, look, I don't know, like I've just, you know, over the past, just um, as the all-blacks and black ferns are kind of connected a little bit more, that's where... I've Is it just sort of a recent thing? Yeah, it's probably more recent than anything. Um, and, you know, they've both been massive supporters of the game and um, you know he's always he's always supportive. Even through when the World Cup got announced here in New Zealand, he was a big part of of that and and, and getting people to get in behind us and hugely supportive. But um, he's always willing to answer any questions if I've got any. And um, no, he's 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 been awesome. I haven't you know I haven't had a chance to really do any like full on skills with him in the past because it's just that crossover. It's hard when you know they're, they're so busy and we are as well. But um, you know they'd always offer passing sessions and that, but it yeah. just never never really could happen. But um, I think that connection there is, is hugely important, and um, we know that the majority of those guys, you know, like Artie Severe, Sam Whitelock, and that are always so. Cody Taylor always really supportive of of the women's game. Yeah, oh, that's really awesome. Um, oh, have you got? When do you get the bonus? Have you got the bonus? Yet? <laughs> um, you, you guys, this is not something that you. This was like a surprise. So you get twenty five thousand dollars yep. each. Yeah. Um, but you didn't know about that during the tournament. That was just like an afterthought. Yeah. Thing. So that's that's just happened recently. It's just been announced and. 
Um, you know, we've gone from having nothing to having that, so the girls are absolutely stoked. Um, you know, we're 25k richer than what we were when we first Yeah, started. yeah, well, I wanted to ask about that. So, is it, is it, do, do you, like, have you got it in your bank yet? Is it taxed? Do no, you have to we, give, give yeah, 10% to someone? Or? Do you know what? Don't know any of that detail yeah. just yet. Um, I'd be asking all these yeah. questions. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, we'll, we'll find out that in due course. I think it comes through at the end of the month. That's yeah. not something yet. But, um, yeah, we'll probably get that bit of information come through in the next probably week or so around what that looks like. But, um, yeah, I'll probably be booking a really good holiday or I'm thinking about mm. getting a new roof on my house, so maybe that's where that's going <laughs> I probably should do yeah. something better with it than just putting a roof on the house, you know. It's, it's, it's money you didn't know you are going to have, so um, whatever that looks like, I'll have a think about it. Oh, it would be nice to know that Kendra Cox had just got a roof over her head. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds yeah. way worse than what who do you, Where do you live? You live in Christchurch? Christchurch, yeah. yeah, yeah. Who, um, do you, who do you live with? Yeah, so I've got my flatmate, um, Di, actually. She's a, she's a halfback, the other halfback for Canterbury. Um, so she, you know, I, I, I kind of had Grace Brooker was with me last year who was a, a Black Fern and Canterbury teammate as well and then um, Grace moved on out and, and then and then Di moved on earlier this year and um, you know she's she's been great it's, it's so nice honestly so nice having someone in your house when you're not there mm, <laughs> um, yeah, you know yeah. I'm constantly like oh my god hopefully my house is alright I've got cameras <laughs> as well like out, outdoor cameras so I'm already checking on it but I didn't have to oh, worry about it you check them on your phone <laughs> yeah. oh god yeah so I didn't even have to worry about any of that with her with yeah. her in there and you know it's funny because we're both halfbacks, but we never really talk too much about about the game. But now I've, I've stopped playing. You know, I'm obviously keen to help her wherever, wherever she needs that for. She's Canterbury and and Mata too for obviously for Opeki. So um, yeah, hopefully support her and and whatever she needs as a you know as a halfback. Yeah, I, I noticed doing the, the research for this chat. Like I've, I um, read a lot of articles about you, some Women's Day stories and stuff. But I've, I, I, you, you seem intensely private. Like, I don't know anything, uh, anything about you, or is there just nothing to know? No, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not really that, I'm not that pro. Well, maybe uh, I am, I'm not sure, like, I don't feel, like, I feel like I've done a lot of podcasts and, and whatnot, but um, I'm not super, super private of people, you know, I, I talk probably more to like close friends and, yeah. and family, um, but yeah, just kind of truck along, and if Do people want to know things, I'll, they'll ask, and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise I just kind of stick on, and because I've been so tunnel vision, like I was thinking, have you just 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 this year just so tunnel blink vision? Blinkers on, yeah, yeah blinkers on. Like I just literally this year I've like really um, like just hardly communicated with people that I usually would because I, you know, but they understand. Like after now they're like, can we catch up? You know, and I'm like, they're like, can we do this? Can we do that? And I just kind of silenced it. But now I'm like. You, you know, text to everybody. Like, what are you up to? What are you up to? I'm retired. <laughs> Tuesday night. Let's friends. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, how good! Yeah. So it's um, yeah, and I do. I'm fully aware of our tunnel. And the, but the year's just gone so quick. And now that we've won, I'm just like that's that makes it all worthwhile. You mm. know, like all that kind of stuff. It's oh like, god, yeah. It means all the sacrifices and everything else has been worth it. Yeah. Right? And I have to be really careful too because I know, like, for me. My family and friends are hugely important for me and my and filling up my cup. So it was just it wasn't neglecting because I had done that in the past. You know, mm. I'd just gone and that's probably when I was going through my mental, mental fatigue. I went real narrow and yeah. wasn't really communicating with friends and, and connecting because I was just so, um, you know, so in a space where I just didn't want to even do rugby. But um, I think that's a that's a mental health thing, eh? Like a lot, yeah. a lot of people, they you, you start to sort of isolate, self isolate yeah. a little bit, yeah. which is not healthy. Yeah. So then I so I knew how important it was. Yeah. It was just probably I just went a little bit narrow with her. I was communicating with, and you know, my phone's it was it was running hot through World Cup, and it was just like, and even post like I feel guilty now that I haven't replied to everybody, but I'll get there in the next couple of months. Oh, well, I'm sure people understand. <laughs> so the, the next chapter of your life, how's how's that going to look? I, I'm quite. I, are you worried that um you, you might have like post like a, almost like a post rugby sort of 
depression or slump. Like it's it's such a big part of your life, and it has been for so many decades. Yeah. Obviously, you're still connected with the sport. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna miss it? Yeah, I have a I do have a fear of of that. I had a, when I was in my time, I have a fear of what life's like without rugby in terms of playing the game. Um, I am also really excited about my next chapter. So I think we're all gonna have a low. At some point, like the, all the girls at some stage. Yeah, natural. After any life like, event. Yeah. It's, like it's probably like being on drugs. I mean, I'm, I haven't been on drugs, but it'd be like a drug, right? Like yeah. being on this massive high, and then you know you're going to come down at some stage, and you get a bit of post tour blues. Um, currently, I'm still riding, riding the high. <laughs> yeah, I think you all are. <laughs> um, but I think you know. But then we get to go on to Christmas and, and New Year. Yeah. Like it might not really kick in until post that. Yeah. Um, but I'm. I think well, next, maybe next year when the Black Ferns reassemble. Yes, do you think? Yeah. So I think that's probably my biggest thing, or even Matatu. So the super. Picky starts end of Feb, um, and I think that's probably a time where all the girls start training, getting back together. That all kick in that I'm not going to be playing anymore. But um, I'm also really excited about going back into my job with New Zealand Rugby. Um, so I'm women's participation manager for the South Island, and so now because we've just won this World Cup, every young girl and every young boy is hopefully going to want to play the game, and I get to be involved in that in my job. So I'm still connected to rugby, and I think. That helps. Whereas yeah, I think completely. some girls that aren't connected could find it really, really challenging. Um, yeah, so 100%. yeah. So I think there'll be there'll definitely be a, a post uh, World Cup blues at some stage, or a, oh my gosh, you're not playing anymore. But you know, even yesterday, or might have been two days ago, when the Opiki squads got named and Matatu team came up and my name wasn't, there, I was like, that's kind of weird, you know? Like you kind of forget that. So I don't know if it's kicked in yet or not that I'm not going to be playing, but. What a way to end it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah, as you said, you're still connected in the sport. And what about um, personal goals? Yeah, so currently currently single. Um, also been so tunnel vision, just focusing on, on rugby, you know, for the years. But, um, yeah, hopefully find a find husband and have, have kids at, at, um, at some stage. Um, I've got nieces and nephews, and I absolutely love, adore them. Um, you know, mm. I lo- love, being, love being an auntie, but also I love giving them back. But, um, <laughs> but no, yeah, some, at some stage, yeah, I'd, love, I'd love to be able to have that. Yeah. Yeah, well, what steps are we make? Are we on Tinder? Are we on Bumble? <laughs> Currently, they're deactivated. They, they were through World Cup. <laughs> well, it's quite funny because I remember um, just be, during the uh, well, just before the 2011 Rugby World Cup, uh, Richie McCall was in a relationship, and he, he him and his girlfriend broke up, and he said it's because he wanted to focus on the World Cup. Yeah. And at the time, I remember thinking. Good excuse to get out of a relationship that you're not really into. But in hindsight, like, he was so focused and so determined, it's yeah. probably true. Yeah, it probably is true. Is it like that for you? You yeah. just, like, that single-minded focus? Mine's, I've always been single-minded, and mm. I just didn't want any distractions. Um, and that I've always, always been, just been like that. And, you know, people were saying to me, oh, why are you retiring? I was like, because I need to have a life. Like, otherwise, I'm just going to be so, so like stuff that. You wanna, yeah, you, yeah, I just want to be, like, an ordinary human living everyday life, like, I think about you know when I when I'm going back to work full time and I'm like, what does a human even do after five o'clock? Like you go home, like what what do you do? Like because I'm just so used to going off the training or and I probably will still be obviously playing touch and um, and squash and exercising and stuff. But if I I get to wake up and if it's rainy and cold and shitty Christchurch day. I don't have to Which go it is often. I don't have to go and train. You yeah, know? Like, that's nice. So that's but you, what I'm really looking forward I'm to. I'm guessing like, you're the sort of person you're still going to keep keep incredibly fit yeah. and healthy and active. Yeah, I'm real keen. Um, I actually want to do, I don't want to be like cliche Richie McCall, but I'm real keen to do like a bit of adventure um, racing. Like I want to do like spring style spring challenge and I, I would love to oh, do the coast great. to coast, but yeah. no real. Um, just to say I've done it and just because I've always just got to have a, a challenge, I think, and have something there to. Um, but I like currently right now. I, I don't even want to think about that. I'd be like, I'm like, no, I just want to do nothing for the next month. Um, but um, already 
well, I already signed up for a touch team playing tomorrow night back in Christchurch and um, bought a squash racket yesterday. So um, I think. Yeah, Have you I'm, played squash before? Yeah, yeah, I used to play when I was when I was younger um, at high school, and then I went to Christchurch and and rugby and cricket took over my life. So squash got. Um, put to the back, but um, I'm going to start it up again. I don't know how the body's going to deal with it. I'm worried about Achilles because everyone ruptures Achilles. Oh, is that right? Is when that you're old and playing squash, it's like a thing. Oh, so, shut up! You're not even old. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to make sure I warm up the Achilles. Yeah. Well and, um, but um, you know, like even snowboarding, like I've never been snowboarding before because you've never been allowed to because yeah. it's an injury well, risk. It's not, yeah, injury risk. Yeah, for being a contracted player, but also just I've never wanted to go and do it because of the injury risk um so there's those things that i want to you know i want to try and do and I'm, I'm really looking forward to that yeah oh my god it seems like um i mean you've just ended this incredible i, I was going to call it <laughs> uh, yeah. i'm going no, through I, a divorce with well, no i was going to call it a chapter but it's, it would be unfair to call it a chapter it's like you've, you've closed a book on this fucking epic career yeah. um but now like the rest of your life is unwritten and there's uh, yeah. there's so much that you can, and I'm sure you will do. Yeah, and I've always been quite like um, I'm a yellow dot, which means I'm like I'm not really OCD, but I have pros- you know I have things that I like to get through. I'm very organised. Time management's great, um, you know. But like now, I actually just don't have to organise <laughs> right anything. Like I've got friends organising me at the moment. Well, when are we gonna go out for dinner? When are we doing that? I'm like, you just let me know, <laughs> like you know, because usually I'm the one that's like booking the place yeah. for dinner or something. So I'm just like trying to. Just go with the whatever. Go with the flow. flow. How's that um, working out for you? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I don't think it will last long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can't you can't change your personality. Yeah, yeah. And what about with, with with the sports stuff? So, like, say, touch rugby, squash, what it, multi sport, whatever you happen to do. Can, will you better do it just for fun, or is there no, like a is there, is there like a fire in your? Sport. <laughs> oh God! No, I'm going to go to the Masters Games or go to the Olympics or a Commonwealth Games for lawn bowls or something. <laughs> What, no. what about cricket? What about some more cricket? Yeah, even I'm, at a social level, like Twilight? Or? Yeah, I've already been asked. I was asked even straight, basically the day I announced my retirement and went out to the public, I got messaged being like, you want to come back and play cricket? So I might like go and have a game of like 2020 down in Christchurch, a bit of a social on a Friday night and probably go more for the, the social and the, and the drinks. Um um, but yeah, well, yeah. Will you, be, will you be able to do that? Do it for the social and the drinks, or well, you? I think I'm going to have to try. I'm, yeah, I've played indoor. So there's no. Well, there's no such thing as social sport. I don't think anyway. <laughs> oh, but I've played social indoor netball, and it ended up me having a fight with like a 40 year old man. <laughs> so we'll see how it goes. Oh, you're the best. <laughs> hey, um, well, thank you so much for um, everything you've done for sport in this country, and I'm I'm really really pleased that you you got to be around through all the shit time and end at a time where things are, are like a, on a, I think on a, on a turning point and getting really, really good. Yeah, I feel, honestly, I feel so good to be a part of that. You yeah. Know, like actually, actually, when people ask me where I'm at, I'm like, I've just got to experience the greatest of all. Like, I've gone from yeah. amateur to professional, like, and now I guess to sit back and see where it goes. Yeah, no, obviously you didn't want to seem like the grumpy old, like, grumpy old hag in the team, but did, <laughs> I probably just, went, still am, <laughs> But did you say to some of the, some of the, the young girls and the, the rising stars of the team, like, okay, it hasn't always been this way, this is really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah we, um, we had a good process this year of um, for our jersey presentations getting them past black ferns and I love that because I'm like some of these girls coming through don't understand the legacy um, behind the jersey and, mm. and the history of it so 
you know, having the likes of Anna Richards in, who's an absolute legend. Like, we had players that didn't even know who she was. Um, you know, so we've got to keep that, and I hope whoever takes over that, that role um, still brings that, that history and that legacy mm. through because that's probably what's helped us and, yeah. and driven us heaps this year is understanding where it's going to come from. But you don't want to be that one that's got a chip on the shoulder of being like, oh, we never got it that way. Like, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. be that person. Uh, I'm just stoked to see the growth and the change. Yeah, that's amazing. And I'm embarrassed to say, I don't, I don't know who Anna Richardson is. Anna Richards. You've got a name on the <laughs> You need to go do some Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When, when did she play? Yeah, she, well, I played with her. She played for a long time. Right. I played with her when I first made the team in 2007. She was my first five. Um, she's an absolute legend. Mm. legend that, I mean, it's terrible that I don't know who she is, but yeah. that, 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 that's on me. But I suppose, yeah. I mean, that's where things are at now. Like, And it's quite exciting to think that there's probably young kids out there that are playing on the backyard yeah. and they're, they're being Kendra Coxedge. Yeah, I've had... Or, I had uh, who, who were you when you grew up? In the, uh, like. I was, I don't know, I was Jonah, probably Jonah Long. <laughs> no, I was, um, I loved Christian Cullinay growing up. Um, I got to meet him recently for, when I worked for Sky and it was like, I was so starstruck and it's so funny being this old and being starstruck uh, with a player that you actually absolutely love. But I used to be every player and then, you know, as soon as I found out about Black Ferns, I, you know, I wanted to be a, a Midian Marshall or a Casey Robinson mm. or a Anna Richards. But, you know, now, you know, there are even young boys now, I've heard um, a couple of stories over the last week around them saying they're in the backyard and they can hear their sons being like, oh, I'm a Ruby Tui or a Porsche Woodman or, you know, or a, or a Maya, Kendra Coxie. Yeah, my Ruse or a Kendra Coxie. Yeah. And like, or saying that, um, oh, do you want to be a all black when you're old? No, Mum, I'm going to be a black fern. Like, I've heard multiple stories this week and it's honestly incredible. Um, and for me, too, like, I'm walking around and the people that are coming up to me are that generation that probably grew up. Not like that, or women's rugby. You shouldn't be playing women's rugby. So I'm getting a lot from that generation, saying how shaking my hand and just saying how amazing and the quality of rugby that we're playing. And to me, that's we've changed the mindsets, and that's what's changed. I think that's what the changes is the mindsets of people. That's on you, yeah, on the team. So yeah, 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 the the team as well. But (laughs) yeah, I mean, you've been through through that change over so many years. Yeah, and um, can't thank you enough for everything you've done for this country. Oh, thanks, and thank you so much for coming around and being on the podcast today. Really, really appreciate it. That's all right, no problem at all. Kendra Cox said, "Go, Kendra. Kendra. Did you get that lot in when you were growing up? When remember when Kendra was on TV with Hugh Hefner?" No. Don't you? No, Go Kendra. Go Kendra. Oh, no, I do. So I know he's talking about. Yeah, you're Hefner. And I was like, oh, my God. Because Kendra's not a real well-known name, right? Yeah. Like, you named after Paul. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no? <laughs> we'll end it here. But if uh, if any um, roofing companies in Christchurch are listening <laughs> and um, you're keen for some Instagram posts in exchange for a new roof, <laughs> hit your girl Kendra up. Yeah, I definitely what's, need a new roof. What's wrong with the roof? It's just old. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not leaking or anything. It's fine. I just want to get a new one because mm. some Sometimes the birds are hanging around at the moment, it's real annoying. That's it. We're done. Awesome. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Kendra. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this episode of Runners Only with Dom Harvey. As I do at the end of each show, some housekeeping. You can message me anytime you want, domharveynz on Instagram, or you can email me, domharveynz at gmail.com. Please, if you haven't done so already, rate the podcast or write a review if you like what you hear. And if you don't do this already... It would be really awesome if you subscribed to the podcast. I looked at some stats and 40% of people that listen to this podcast don't actually subscribe. Now, if you subscribe, it means the podcast will grow and that will mean I can get even better guests moving forward. But of course, there's no obligation or pressure for you to do any of that stuff. I honestly just appreciate you being here and listening to this. A lot of work goes into this every week, so um, I appreciate having you guys along for the journey. All right, till next time, see ya. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.